Hello everyone, welcome to Roll for Narrative, where we talk about narrative role-playing games and try to get you to maybe, I don't know, try some new stuff. I'm your host, Neve, and with me as always is the master of titillation, Amit. That's me, okay. <laughs> Hi everyone, how's it going? Well, that's how I introduce you to people, yeah. So who are we? I mean, why are we here? Who are we? What do you want to start with? I think we're both, ve- you know, relatively veteran role players. Amen. We are. We've also um, been DMing for a long time. And I think we have, we share a similar perspective on uh, role-playing games, specifically on narrative role-playing games. You know, we each come from, from a different direction. I myself, I'm uh, the creator and the, and the designer of City of Mist, which is a super-powered detective uh, role-playing game that's said to be very narrative and cinematic. We'll talk about it. Nice plug, yeah. Yeah, you have to do that. Definitely. And I'm, I come from the world of uh, movies, theater. I'm an actor. I'm a director. Not a very successful one, so don't look for me or anything. But I come from that world and... I think we each bring our point of view of narrative. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we've been working on uh, City of Mist together. And I think we kind of bumped into the question of how can we challenge ourselves to make a better game? Definitely. The next question we asked was, what makes a better game for us? How do we understand a better game, better narrative game? And we wanted to discuss it. And we yeah. wanted to share it with everyone so they can also benefit from discussion or add their perspective. Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky people? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think one of the things we wanted to understand is how does the magic happen? I mean, how do those magical moments that we love in games, how do they happen? And, well, you can always blame like, well, I rolled a 20, so something amazing happened, right? But that's not exactly our direction, although that happens. That happens, and that's awesome. It does. I rolled a 20 with my Paladin last week, and it was an awesome moment. I'm always going to remember it. Really? What yeah. happened? I impaled a werewolf on my sword, and I used Divine Smite, and it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Great, great. But you're right. I think in narrative games, you're trying to have memorable moments, not just when the mechanics, you know, kind of when you have a successful role or something that's very random. Yeah, I'm you're like unlucky, so I, I never get 20s. So. Well, you can roll a one and make it pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> Or pretty terrible. Yeah. Pretty awesome for the genius. Pretty memorable, anyway. Yes. <laughs> You're going yeah. to remember it. Yes. But that's not what we're talking about. Not, you know, let's take out the luck. If you're the unluckiest person in the world, meaning me, you could still make amazing moments. So how did these moments happen? I think, you know, memorable moments don't necessarily have to be huge successes or huge failures. I think when something interesting happens in the story of the game, that's when narrative memorable moments occur. Of course, there are many other versions of, you know, you can you can have fun from the, with the simulation. You can have fun with the, you know, gamist challenge aspect of the game. Uh, but we're here to talk about how you have fun with creating, uh, you know, narrative memorable moments. And I think that's uh, that happens when you put an emphasis on the story you're telling inside the game. Yeah, so we're talking a lot of, we're throwing words around, big words, narrative, uh, cinematic, or did we say cinematic? We were going to say it. We are going to say it anyway. So we're throwing these words around, but what what does that mean? What is a narrative game? 
Well, as I said, I think I think a narrative game is a, a game that emphasizes the story and not just the simulation or the ner- necessarily the realistic aspect of the game. Yeah, I you're, think, playing, you're playing an RPG and not Sims, for example. Exactly. You don't follow your character doing each and every... I mean, there's a lot to be said for realism also in narrative games. It's not that you have to play uh, tunish games when you when you play narrative games, which I think many people often think they do. They're afraid to walk away from the simulation aspect of it. But no, I think that um, you're you are just it's almost like you're editing what you're showing on screen during the game. Like a movie, like a movie. So you don't if something kind of starts stretching out and going into a very long and boring scene, you can cut it, which many GMs don't don't know how to do. They don't know how to cut to the next scene. Or there's very, you know, there's a lot of things. We're going to talk about a lot of different examples of how to make your story more, uh, your game more narrative and more cinematic by, by really focusing on the story. Another thing it gives you, it opens up the possibilities to do things that with mechanics... You know, with, with games that focus on the game rules and mechanics, it's it, it can be difficult. For example, narrative games can have different power levels within the PCs. So you can have Gandalf and the and you know the, the players Gandalf as a PC. You can have them as a PC in a narrative game because it's very flexible and what matters is the narrative power of the characters, not the actual real world simulation power level. Exactly. The- it it reminds me uh, in the game called uh, Monster Heart, which is powered by the Apocalypse, one of the characters, all of the characters have some sort of power, superpower, except for one character, which is called the Mortal. Okay, and the Mortal literally has no powers. He's a mortal or she, but they can drive the story. The moves they can make, the, the mechanic moves that they can make, can drive the story forward in such a way that none of the other characters can and that's their superpower it's amazing that's exactly what i'm talking about and well you've mentioned the uh, apocalypse world or apocalypse engine or powered by the apocalypse so it's no secret that we're both big fans of the system and we're going to mention it uh, many times and it's funny you should bring it bring that up because uh, yesterday i was at a local conference here and we were running me and a bunch of kids who are on my afternoon classes and we've been designing a game based on uh, a fan game based on uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. And we met another developer who was working on a simulation game of Avatar, The Last Bender. And he told us, how did you solve the problem of PCs, player characters who are benders, which if you don't know the world of Avatar, these are the people who can control the elements, and non-benders like scientists and uh, and pilots and stuff like that. How can you make a PC that uh, that isn't a bender work with a, with a bender character that has obviously much more power? And it was very simple for us because we were using a narrative system. So the, basically the characters without powers can do a lot. They can change a lot. Their social aspects go much further than, uh, than normal social aspects of, of simulation, many simulation games. So I think there's so much you can do with narrative role playing that you can't do with other formats. Not to say that other formats aren't, aren't fun. And I think that's something we're going to maybe just say once. I'm going to say it many times, but I want to say it, you know, to start with, this is one, f- this is the kind of play that we like. 
And we also like simulationist game and we also like, uh, you know, game focused, challenge focused games. But uh, we want to talk about narrative games here. Can you give us uh, like an example from one of your games? Like you had an amazing narrative moment or something like that. So we can get a little, you know, we're talking about it in theory, but we like to get to the nitty gritty stuff. Can you give us like a live example? I remember one time that I was, I was it was before I was uh, very much into narrative role-playing or narrative GMing. And um, Alon, which is uh, a GM that I played with and he taught me a lot of what I know. Um, we were playing the final, the season finale of a, an Apocalypse World campaign. Wait, so you were addressing it as a season? Yeah, exactly. That's another, that's another aspect, right? You start thinking about your games as series of like TV series or... Um... That's interesting. I mean, instead of a campaign, you don't have to say like, you know, our campaign is for you. We've been playing for four years, but season one. We have like this arc of narrative. Sorry, continue. No, this is definitely it. We definitely had. We had season one, season two, and we had season finales. And then, you know, coming back to the next season and what, what's the next season going to be about. There was a lot of that. Yeah. Anyway, in that season finale, which was also the game finale, there was a very dramatic moment where we wanted to kind of walk into and beyond the psychic maelstrom, which is an element in the apocalypse world. And I asked, you know, it was really the end of the game. And I asked the GM or the MC, what should I roll for that? And he said, you don't have to roll for that. It's the season finale. You do it. Because it was just, it was obvious that our characters needed to do it. It was right. It wasn't going to be, I think what, it, what the, the genius of it is that it wasn't going to be interesting at that point if we failed. Nobody wanted to see us fail. You, you could potentially think of an interesting spin to give it. like completely end the, the season in a different way. But he was sensitive to what the audience wanted to see, which is all of us, including himself. And he said, usually, of course, he would get us to roll for it. But he just said, you don't need to roll for it. So he emphasized the story. This is an extreme example. It was, it was a season finale last moment. But it gives you an idea about the attitude that you can come to narrative role playing with. I think, I think it's a great attitude because... You don't have to roll for everything, right? You don't have to... You don't roll for eating an apple, right? You don't roll for stuff like that. And you want to drive the story forward, right? So let's say, for example, there's a, um, a system called Gumshoe. And it solves a specific problem that a lot of detective games have. That if you... Let's say you're in a crime scene. And you want to look for clues. And then you roll. And you fail the roll. So you didn't find any clues. So go find, you know, yourself or something. Go meditate, whatever. How are you going to find any clues? So what Gumshoe says, you know, you don't roll for finding clues, right? You roll for, for how good the clues are or, or how they match your specific skills, You, you always find clues because that's the murder scene. Of course you're gonna find a clue. Did you ever see a, a, a movie where there was a murder scene and people were there and they didn't find any clue? <laughs> I think that's the main question here. Yeah, Gamshu uses the, the spend system. You have points and you can spend them in your investigative skills. You can spend them to get clues and maybe they help you, maybe they don't if you're using the right skill or not. 
But um, I think that's the main point. Did you ever see an investigation scene where the detective walks in, botches the role, <laughs> and walks out with nothing in, his, in, their hand, in their hands? I don't think so. And I think that's exactly the essence of narrative role-playing games. You want to see things in your game that, are, that make sense. It doesn't mean that it will always go your way. It could mean that, you know, the detective is looking for something and something blows up in their faces or someone arrives at the scene and then, a, a, you know, I don't, a fight ensues or something. But it has to be interesting. It has to engage the audience, which are actually the players and the GM. Even the failures. I mean, even a failure should be spectacular. You can't come to a crime scene and then you're looking for clues and you fail and then nothing happens. Yeah. That's not interesting. How does that you have to keep the story moving forward. You have to think about you have viewers, you have ratings. you know you can you could definitely think about it as like a TV show or a movie because people are watching, your players are watching. The GM it's himself is watching. Everyone together is trying to find the interesting things in the story. So botching something and something not happening is really. really not interesting but let's say you want the the detective to roll for finding a clue and he fails maybe he finds the wrong clue maybe he finds something that takes him to a very dangerous location but that's more interesting than not finding anything I think you're bringing up an interesting perspective because as you're speaking I'm thinking okay so how does the system help create these moments you know we have we've mentioned apocalypse world and gumshoe there are many other narrative uh, games that we're going to re- maybe take a look at on this podcast but there's also games that aren't essentially narrative but you can you can use them to create narrative stories so I run a lot of Dungeons and Dragons uh, 5th edition I really like I came back to Dungeons and Dragons uh, with 5th edition I didn't play it for a very long time it's a great edition I think it's amazing and I think you can use that to create uh, narrative uh, games uh, for example as you said interpreting failure in different ways and ma- always making sure that something interesting happens uh, but we're going to discuss that later on as well yeah definitely yeah I mean, we're just giving you a taste here of everything we're going to discuss. Maybe it seems a little mumbo-jumbo-y, but we're just going to give you a taste. A taste. Just let, you, just let you feel it a little bit so you come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, moving swiftly along. <laughs> yeah, I think a good question also is um, what kind of players would like narrative games? So, for example... I think anyone can enjoy a narrative game, but I, I do see players that are more about the statistics. I, I think we know some of these, uh, some of these people. Yeah, uh, I think everyone does, and it's fine. I think it's very enjoyable. I like crunch. I like getting into my character and know exactly what she can do and so on and so forth. I don't. I, I hate crunching numbers, but that, you know. No, it's not just crunching numbers. I think that if you... One of the reasons we wanted to call this podcast Role for Narrative is that we want to see how the numbers or the stats or the... the game elements the system elements can enhance the narrative play definitely I'm not giving up on dice ever exactly because I think that's that's a huge thing but I think some players prefer or like to focus on the challenge of the game and maybe the story gives a bit of color and the reason and the motive for being there but the focus for example in combat is 
the rules and the layout of the of the map and exactly how many you know feet I can move and and what kind of powers activate when and so on and so forth which is cool and that's very enjoyable I don't want to say that narrative gaming is kind of opposite to that because it can definitely combine but I think that narrative gaming appeals to people who think as you said of of their game is a kind of a of a work of fiction that they're watching or reading like a, as you said TV show movie comic book novel and they want to have this experience you know of depth and, and excitement in that work of fiction that they're creating together with everyone at the table exactly you were talking about uh, DD fifth edition and I think even DD as being you know, the poster boy of crunching, number crunching, and all sorts of different dice and power levels and stuff like that, they are also trying to go to the narrative path in their own way. I mean, I think the whole background system of D&D 5 is completely about people playing their characters and developing an interesting story for them and playing that story to further the whole story. Definitely, I agree with you. That's what I like. That's why I like this edition so much. I think they made a huge step, and I think they're not the only ones. I think you know the new Star Wars games are ve- are trying to take a very big step towards the narrative uh, role playing. There's still a lot of things. For example, in Dungeons and Dragons, there's the I think the hit point system is still very very simulation or game is more like it's not very simulationist. It's uh, you know it's about the challenge and the power levels. Exactly. I mean, people getting hurt or people dying even even PCs dying that could have an amazing effect on a game on a narrative of a game. I mean, if you get hurt. It should have some sort of meaning, exactly like failing, exactly like everything else. It should have a meaning. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you can take, you know, you, if you have 100 hit points in Dungeons & Dragons, you can take, uh, I don't know, 30 and not even flinch. So something hits you, something happened, but it's kind of lost from a narrative perspective. So yeah, there's. I think Dungeons & Dragons has, has brought a lot of narrative in, but it still has a, a way to go. It can definitely be used by as an amazing uh, narrative game. Cool. So those reasons and many more is why we like narrative games. Why narrative? That's, that's our long and complicated answer that we will keep answering every episode. And we're going to take specific topics and we're going to talk about them. In every episode, we're going to talk about games that use narrative mechanics. We're going to talk about games that don't and how you can input your own narrative mechanics into any game you want. We're going to talk about tips, tricks. We're going to talk about our own games. And we're going to try to challenge ourselves to make the best game ever. We're also going to have some actual play, so stay tuned for that. That's our show. Thank you guys for listening. We would love your feedback, so if you have any, please, please let us know. And hopefully we'll see you next time. I was Neve. And I'm Amit. Have a good one. Bye for now.